All right, welcome to the Daily Brew Podcast. This is episode one. Here with Ryan Jennings, San Antonio local. Went to Wharton County Junior College, University of Louisiana Tech. Got drafted in 2022. Fourth round draft pick, 128th overall. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Good, man. Excited Good. to be here. So I wanted to ask you a couple of questions just about DST in general and then kind of your experience here this offseason. What do you think uh, some highlights of this offseason were for you? I'd say people around here, staff and players included, it's just kind of a great environment to develop. You got a lot of good guys to bounce ideas off of. Got a lot of good experience in the weight room and on the in the bullpen to kind of further your career. I mean, it's going to take you as far as you want it to. So I think this is a great place to like develop that. You yeah, know? it's not you're not working out by yourself. You got guys there pushing you and coaches there pushing you. Yeah, how do you view, uh, liked the, I would say, the adjustability to the programs to be able to um, get lifts in, being able to throw bullpens, indoor, outdoor, stuff yeah. like that. How does that help It's you? been good, especially the last week or so, being able to use some of the college campuses around here to get out on some dirt and uh, get some live at-bats in. It's uh, It's been good, kind of really flexible, especially in the weight room. It's uh, catered towards you. It's how are you feeling today? It's uh, how are you bouncing back after yesterday type of thing. You're down that day. You lower lower the intensity. You get a bullpen the next day. It's you can. It's all very tailored towards the player. Yeah, awesome. I kind of want to just walk through your high school career and then all the way up into pro ball. Right. Um, you know, going to Smithson Valley, being here from San Antonio. Uh, what was your high school experience like? And then what was kind of the process of you getting recruited to Wharton Junior College? Yeah, so high school was a fun one. Um, I was always, I'd say about a year younger than everyone, just being born in June. Um, my freshman year, I actually didn't even make the high school squad. I was on the practice squad. I uh, was, I don't know, maybe 5'8", probably like 130, little yeah. little guy. Um, but I I was, it was actually really frustrating because I, I knew I was better than a lot of people. Um, but I got... Luckily, got the practice squad. Got to be around the guys, the team, pretty much every day, day in and day out. And at that point, I was still playing football, so it was kind of—I mean, in high school, you're most likely playing multiple sports if you're playing one. So um, didn't get too down. I still played summer ball. Um, I don't think I played in fall ball that year, but it's that sophomore year, I played. Was still playing football. Ended up snapping my leg on a kick return. And I was like. Not it. Like high school football. <laughs> nope. I'm out. And so I went straight to baseball and uh I was in good with the coach and like uh, a lot of the guys there liked me and I was part of the team really from the previous year. So I got a spot on like the pretty much the freshman team that year. Yeah. And um just played, got experience, got time out on the on the diamond. Um and then the following year I was just straight baseball. We played summer ball that year and just like Ball ball practices, nothing crazy. And the following year, I went straight to varsity. So I don't know. So what was your what was your uh, Were you still being like a hitter and a pitcher? What yeah, was your... I was. I was playing short and then doing some relieving stuff. So when I got the varsity job, um, my junior year, I was kind of backup shortstop reliever style. And yeah. then halfway through the season, I won the starting spot shortstop but was still touching on every once in a while. So at that point, I was actually mostly a hitter, surprisingly enough. Um, 
I was a shortstop getting DH'd for actually, which was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> um, the following year, I I ended up being starting starting shortstop and then one of the starting pitchers because we played I think every Tuesday Friday. Yeah. So I was what was what was the uh, velo like your junior year of high school whenever you first made that varsity? Start? I don't even know. I back then I was just trying to throw strikes. Yeah. I was like, I wasn't big into velo. Even baseball at that point wasn't didn't feel heavy. Im- Emphasis on velocity. You know, it was like throw a movement pitcher, uh, throw more strikes, especially in high school. It's like throw strikes. Yeah. I was about to say, um, I feel like that with your football background and you just being like athletic, being around sports your whole life, yeah. it was probably just mainly like competitive nature yeah. and stuff like that. Just, just keep on just grinding. Just compete. Yeah. And the first time I actually realized what my velo was, I went, so after my senior year, I guess I'll skip up there. Cause I mean, it's the same thing that year. I, was, I knew I was. We were all guessing mid eighties. Yeah. Like eighty five was like, Hey, you're you're throwing it pretty good, at mm. least for our, our high school. And uh but my first time I learned what my actual Vila was, I went to a tryout at Wharton, which is my junior college. Mm. Um, at that point I me and my dad, we got one offer from Saint Mary's University in San Antonio, but uh they were a little more expensive being a division two, it's you don't have as many scholarship opportunities and stuff like that. And I wasn't I was good in class, but I wasn't exceptional, mm. um, especially in high school. Um, but so we went there, got the offer, but we were like, it's not going to be able to afford that. But a lot of guys on the team were junior college guys, committed yeah. and everything, got recruited. And I was like, well, we'll go. My dad's actually the one that kept my career going because I, mm. I was about ready to follow my girlfriend and go to Corpus and just go to school. And he's like, well, let's go do some tryouts. You know, let's, let's see what it's like. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. And so I ended up getting a full ride to Wharton after my uh, tryout there, and felt like I was throwing good. Arm felt good. I asked the guys like, "So like, did you see what the velo is? You're up to 88." And at that point, I was like, "Wow, yeah, that's amazing." Especially in a bullpen, I was thoroughly surprised. So it was, it was definitely not the straightest path I took, but probably the best path for me. Yeah, awesome. And so, do you think that? your relationship with your dad obviously played a lot of influence on you getting to Wharton. How do you feel like that it still impacts you today? Yeah, I mean, growing up, he was my first coach, my worst critic. I mean, you can talk to any athlete's dad. Yeah, it's like for sure. First thing in the car is like every time. Was, <laughs> you want the good news or the bad news yeah. first. There was one game, I guess it was my junior year. No, it was my sophomore year because I wasn't on varsity yet. And I was so excited. I saw a curveball so big. Mm. Struck out swinging, but I was like, I was on it. I got so excited coming into the car. I was like, I saw that pitch so good. He goes, you can't hit a curveball yet? I was like, yeah, come on. <laughs> I was excited. I just saw it. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, he's, he's pushed me to not be satisfied with where you're at. And that was kind of a big thing um, in junior college and high school. is like, as soon as you're satisfied, you've lost. Yeah. For sure. I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest jump to pro balls, you realize you're not the best anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like almost every level you go up. I mean, every kid in high school is the best on their team mm-hmm. if they go to college. And then college, you realize you're not the best anymore. But then you work to that. And then the same thing when you go to pro ball, but now it's a whole bunch of dudes. And it's someone's always going to be better than you regardless. So Yeah, so about what time did you like fully make a transition to being just P.O.? I went so junior college. I was still shortstop pitcher. 
but my first outing up there in a scrimmage, I think I'd struck out six guys in two innings or something like that. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you're going to you're gonna be our starter, one of our starters. So shortstop nice. really wasn't kind of on the table when you're throwing 90 innings on a Saturday. So it was – I got, I think, 11 at-bats that year. Mm. Four of them came in 17 degrees and sleeting, so I had three Ks <laughs> that day. But uh, another one of them, I always joke because I always tell people my stat line, I was had one hit and 11 at-bats. And everyone's like, dude, that's why you quit. I'm like, well – I had five strikeouts. Three of them came in 17 degree weather. Another one came when I was so in junior college we played double headers. Yeah, and I was the second game starter. I had sat the bench the whole game, just tied my cleats on, and from the third base box in the bottom of the ninth or seventh, it was a double header. I got called in or top of the seventh. I got called in to to hit against at the time. San Jack was one of the best junior college in the nation. Yeah, Division one arm throwing 95 like. I have barely seen 90 at this point. I just put my cleats on, Coach, and I I saw three <laughs> pitches and walked back to the dugout. But, yeah, at that point, I was, once I started throwing 90, I was like, this is this is less fun. Yeah. And it wasn't as good at it. So, at that point, the following year, uh, they said, yeah, you're just going to pitch, which I wasn't I wasn't too mad about. Yeah. So, what was the uh, – on, on, like, to the next step of going to Law Tech, what was the recruiting process like for that? Did you – did you – were able to like commit early in the season. Where did you have a, a late start? What was that? Yeah, like? that one was that one was fun because uh, it was actually it's actually a funny story because after my first year, I got a call from our pitching coach at Louisiana Tech, um, and he wanted me to come that summer. I was like, I was like, well, if I'm getting this call now, like first year at JUCO, he yeah. was calling you that. So after my first year, and then at the end of the summer of that first year, wow. and he was my first call I got. First legit call, and I was like, "Shoot, losing a tech, they're not, they're okay." Like, if I'm getting their call now, I'll, I gotta get someone better, right? Yeah. And, um, I just kind of forgot about it at the time, and then I got to go to the Texas New Mexico All Star Game, which is kind of like junior college and three or four of their best guys have a couple teams and kind of a showcase type of thing. Yeah. And that uh that showcase where I got seen by a lot of a lot of schools, I ended up. I think I had two strikeouts and a flyout. I think I went three or three down. And so I was getting a lot of calls after that. Nothing big. My dream school was always A&M. Mm. My, both my parents went there. I always told guys, I was like, I don't care. Like, once once the season's over, I'm going to A&M. Once junior college over, I'm going to A&M. I don't care if it's walk-on spot, towel boy, whatever it is. Yeah. And then as these calls, calls started coming, I was like, well, you know, it would be fun to go to university that's my own and, like, you know, grow up there, like develop there. And uh so Louisiana Tech called me back. I was like we went up to a visit up there. Um sophomore year? Yeah, sophomore year. I think yeah. it was I don't remember what month, but it was in the fall. It's probably September, October mm-hmm. after an inner squad. And uh we walked up there and we fell in love with it. It's just like Ruston's an awesome community. Their uh stadium at the time it actually got destroyed the next spring but it was a little older but i was like Dude, this is kind of not necessarily juco ish but it was yeah it was a little a little older a little rougher you're not sec you're not gonna have millions of dollars poured into the facility mm. but it, it still was, had a little grittiness to yeah there's there still a little grit in there yeah and uh i love that that's the part i loved about it and the pitching coach was awesome um 
so I ended up committing there, I think in November on National Signing Day. And so the next, I guess, spring was really stress-free. It was like, just go play. And that was, that was, that was awesome. And unfortunately, I think it was April or maybe May, tornado went through Ruston and destroyed mm-hmm. the, yeah, I remember. the field. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. But uh, I stuck with that. Like, I didn't really want to go anywhere else. That was where I wanted to be. So it kind of everything aligned just right. Yeah. So whenever did it seem like, because my advice to young players all the time, especially the workout up here, is to make sure that like you're going somewhere that actually wants you, right? You want to yeah. go somewhere where a coach is calling you every single day and he's like, He's like, hey, I can't wait to write your name in the lineup. Yeah. I can't wait to put you on the mound on Friday night. I, like that kind of stuff. Yep. And I feel like that it's either, well, it's either that or you want to go somewhere where, you know, it's like, like you're saying, A&M is your dream school. Yeah. You want to go there and you want to grind and you want to keep on pushing and then hopefully make that spot. It just kind of depends on what you're, what you're uh, you know, what you're wanting out of mm-hmm. school. But do you feel like in that recruiting process from the New Mexico All-Star game to that fall, the sophomore fall, do you feel like that Law Tech was the the school, the pitching coach and stuff that really just was like hitting your phone up all the time, really yeah. st- like staying in touch, asking how your yeah, parents are doing, 100%. that kind of thing? There were a couple schools. Uh, UL Monroe was doing that too. Mm-hmm. A lot of the smaller schools, like that's how they have to recruit. They don't have the uh, big name behind them. Yeah, like for sure. The A&M, UT's, Vanderbilt's of the world, like mm. – they just could be like, "Hey, we're Vanderbilt. You want to come here?" Yeah. And I don't know the recruiting of that, but uh, I do know that the smaller schools that called me, it was a lot more personal. Like mm. they took, if I called the pitching coach up, the recruiting guy that recruited me, if I called him up today, he'd be like, "How's your folks doing?" Yeah. Like it, it wouldn't matter. Um, so yeah. it was kind of nice to have that relationship there. Yeah, and I feel like in the baseball world, any is just like any business. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like all about making money. It's all about numbers. It's all about this and that. And so I feel like that those smaller schools that actually try to create a personal relationship yeah. with you that actually try to ask, like, dive deep into the person, not just the the stat line or the number. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the schools. And those are the coaches that really made like an impact on my career for sure. Yeah. Like I, I definitely feel that way about my Juco coach. Um, I you know, could call him up right now and, and ask him to do something for me and he would, yeah. that kind of deal. And I feel like that that's like what helps me continue to, because I, I still have a love-hate relationship with the game, right? But mm. that's what makes me look back and, and think like, this is why I loved it. This is yeah. why I like it. Because your teammates, like your friends, your coaching staff, those are the people that really poured into you. And, yeah. um, and then I think that like, you could probably attest to this as well as like, the the juco grind the yeah you know all so that's that stuff. what i loved about junior college and louisiana tech for that matter it was i mean we were lifting in a a building that was uh carl malone played basketball in that building in his <laughs> yeah. prime, and we were lifting underneath the <laughs> the basketball court that he played in yeah and so it was freezing cold or yeah, blazing it, hot if it rained it was wet in there <laughs> yeah. it got moist in there the mirrors would fog up yeah but it, that's what I loved about it is that like it was a grind. It's not gonna be fancy. It's not gonna be everything you need. Mm. But it's gonna be in the long run what you do need. Yeah, that's awesome. And that was the best thing about Louisiana Tech and those small schools in particular. It's like you said, they're recruiting on character. Yeah, and that's part of the reason I think we were so su- successful when I was there. Is like 
we had guys that had talent, of course, but we also had like guys that cared, cared yeah. about each other, cared about the school, had pride in the school. I mean, this day and age, you get the portal, and it's like guys show up planning on leaving, which mm-hmm. it's part of the game now. But it's yeah. like you could they almost use it as leverage, right? yeah, it's exactly. like a stepping stool. So now it's kind of a tool for players, younger guys that are going in. Um, to a big school to start, and then they're like, well, I'm going to transfer out and use the name to my advantage, which is, that works. But I love the fact that I got to go and play in a time where, like, you had to be there and you had to be you had to be somewhat loyal. Yeah, you had to be bought into the program. Prideful about it, yeah. So it was, that was the best part about it. Awesome. So what was, uh, what was, like, the first time that you remember actually feeling like or getting uh, communicated with by some pro teams? Uh, it was probably, um, I guess it was 2021. We, uh, we played Tennessee in like a fall ball game. Mm-hmm. And that game I was, it was actually a miracle. I don't, I don't even, can't even explain it. Um, so the week before that, that's kind of where it started. We were playing UL Monroe, and just a fall game. Yeah. I was sitting 90 to 93, kind of how I always been. And then we go to play Tennessee and out of nowhere, everyone's always like, what happened? I'm like, couldn't tell you. Yeah. It, I sat 93 to 97, touching eight. Jeez. And I was like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I didn't work on anything particular. I didn't change anything. The opponent, I mean, maybe it was a bigger opponent, but like to jump five miles an hour is kind of absurd. Yeah. But it was, it was literally just a miracle. I think I keep saying it was just kind of all the hard work and everything coming together at the right time Mm -hmm. so that's awesome then uh what was like what was the phone call like you know obviously you were uh, a top five rounder so that's Mm got to be like a a massive deal which i i had no idea about but that's got to be a massive deal for you and your family and then i know now your wife and um you know take me through like the emotion, the mm-hmm. what what y'all did that day, like the phone call, all that stuff. Yeah, it was it was actually tough because like my entire family couldn't be there because the day one of the draft was on a Sunday. Yeah, and we weren't expecting to go day one. That's first and second rounders, and day two there was some. That was kind of like the hot spot. We we're like, because mm-hmm. we sat down and had a meeting with my agent. I was like, look, like what do you want? Do you want money? Do you want as high as you can go and less money? Do you want somewhere in the middle? And I was like, oh look, like. I'm not. I'm not chasing money. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to get screwed over because I got a plane ticket and a PB and J to go play somewhere. Yeah. I got. I got life to get get on with because at that point I was 22 years old, going on 23, mm. and which some people may not know, but that's relatively old for a draft guy. Yeah. And um, so he said, "Okay, like we're gonna do what we can do," and uh, he gave us this whole spreadsheet on kind of when we were supposed to go, like. Team, when teams are interested, what round and stuff like that. And uh, so it being a Monday, we had all this, had the FaceTime going. Um, I guess my wife was there, girlfriend at the time, and I guess she was off of work or something that day. Mm. And uh, But my parents were there. My dad worked from home. My mom took the day off, but my like siblings couldn't be there because they were all working. It was a Monday. Yeah. And... Uh, we had family on the phone from Dallas and everything, and we were actually initially whenever they Blue Jays called my agent, he calls me. It's kind of like a middle guy. They told me they were offering so much money. It's like 
man, I've heard teams talking almost six figures, which yeah. for me it was like life changing. Yeah, for sure. Other guys, fourth round pick is way underpaid, but I was like, dude, I'll take anything. Mm-hmm. I just want to play. And uh, so I was like, all right, Blue Jays are out. And then he told me in the fifth round with the Blue or the Rangers pick that round, they were mm-hmm. taking me. They had told him, we're going to take him with our next pick. Yeah. And I know where he goes, hey, the Blue Jays are taking you for this much. I'm like, okay. I guess we're doing it. Heck yeah. So at the time, it was like, Blue Jays, like, they're in Canada. Yeah. I'm in South Texas. Yeah. And all their teams are, there's one in Vancouver, Florida, and then New Hampshire and Buffalo. So mm. I am probably the furthest away from all yeah, the teams. Literally the opposite. And <laughs> me and my wife were like, we just got done with long distance. Yeah. And now we're not five hours, we're 25 hours away. Mm. So it was kind of like, like, I'm excited to play, but like, Dang, like this was the team that's the furthest away, and it starts and then like, and I got to draft camp. I was like, this is the team I need to be a part of. Yeah, they care about the people they get. They want to develop. They're not. There's some big market teams that it's tough to be in because like you know they have a hole. They're gonna throw the money at it. And yeah. It. Where with the Blue Jays, some smaller market teams is like they want to develop their their mm. players, and it's their biggest thing is it's your career. It's gonna be what you make it. We're gonna step out of the way until we feel like we need to be in there. Yeah. So it's kind of an awesome organization. To be I feel of. like that I've heard from several, you know, not just pro guys up here, but just you know, pro guys in general. I've worked at uh, a couple other places as well with uh, pro baseball players, and I feel like a lot of times, again, it's you know, uh, baseball is a business, no matter who you're playing for, mm-hmm. no matter what. But I do hear, you know, the stories, the the rumors of, you know. Uh, this guy's going to, if he's 0 for 30 in his first 30 ABs, you know, he's still going to get a chance because yeah. he was a top five rounder, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter if, you know, I was just crushing it that day or whatever, that guy's still going to get a chance. He's yeah. going to get a chance. He's going to get a chance. And that's pretty cool to hear that, you know, that there are, like the Blue Jays, there mm-hmm. are some organizations out there that truly care about, like, and can see the dedication, the the grind and the effort that you're putting into like your own career yeah and i think that that really makes a difference into like an overall that's a that's a business model right yeah and i've seen that firsthand there's some guys uh that i got not necessarily drafted he's a free agent sign Mm -hmm. and he's probably one of the rawest pure hitters i mean he went to division three but raked at like 550 or something yeah and like just doesn't get out and he was doing the same thing in pro ball but just because he was a free agent sign and there were other guys at his position it was he didn't give me opportunities, which is tough because you know he's really good. But yeah. they get it's a business. It's they have a million dollars poured into this high school kid. They're gonna give him as much opportunity as possible. So it's a it definitely is still a business. But their development side is, I would say, the best in the league. Yeah, that's awesome. So what what have you thought of your career so far? Mm-hmm. Uh, in pro ball, like what's what's been the highs, what's been the lows. I know that we've had a couple of conversations mm-hmm. about, you know, some of the lows that you've had. But what do you feel like that you've really like done well in the face of adversity throughout your pro ball career so yeah, far? Yeah. So last year, I got the call up to Vancouver, which is our high, mm-hmm. and ended up getting sick. Um, then kind of turning around and getting a start three days three days after getting healthy again or four days after and my arm just wasn't having it it wasn't anything serious it was just kind of some aches and pains i vocalized it and they kind of 
it was an elbow injury, so they kind of stopped everything. Yeah. You know, kind of stopped all work. And unfortunately, it sent me into rehab, and at that point, I felt healthy. Um, I spent, I guess, eight to nine weeks in rehab, mm-hmm. which was, it was just tough because it's way different. You're not with a team. You're in a hotel room now. You're showing up. I was showing up to the facility at 6.15 every morning, 6.20 every morning. Yeah. Just to be able to get there, get breakfast. I started doing ice baths in the morning to kind of wake up because it was so early. Yeah. Shower, change, and then be in the rehab room at 7.15 in the morning. So it was a lot more of a grind, and it was kind of just tough mentally because you don't want to be there. No one wants to be in rehab. Everyone wants to be competing, getting a chance to move up, you know, around the guys. And it was just, it was tough, but I took a minute. I was like, you know, maybe this is an opportunity. It's a chance to get my mechanics back in line, get mm-hmm. a more consistent fastball going, um, get healthy or healthier at least. And like, just put the work in, you know? And that was the best thing I think for me. Cause this year I got a call to be in big league camp. And part of the call was, you know, first off, it was like, hey, how you doing? Just checking in as uh, one of the pitching coordinators that you, you mm-hmm. don't talk to. Not that you don't talk to, but, like, you don't check in with them. Yeah. You have a, you're yeah. a designated check-in guy. And so it's weird that he's giving me a call. Mm-hmm. He's checking in, and then he's like, oh, we just want to let you know that you're getting invited to Big League Camp. Everyone here thinks really highly of you and wanted to give you a chance. And I kind of took that as the compliment, not as your stuff's really good. You've yeah. been grinding. You're look really good it's no from what you did in rehab the way you worked the way you carried yourself like we took notice and like this is our thank you kind of for that it's your opportunity so it was really because there's really no reason for me to be in big league camp with 40 innings last year yeah i guess 50 total innings in pro ball average stats it's like there's really no reason for me to be there but they took notice that i took that opportunity to better myself took my work seriously took my recovery seriously i mean i was first one there on the first bus at six twenty, whatever it was and i was the last one to leave usually by two thirty three, just because i needed to get all my stuff done mm. and wanted to so i think having that kind of mindset that yeah maybe you get bumped back or you have a a delay in your process like it's not necessarily a bad thing sometimes yeah. it's what you need and I think at that point it's what I needed yeah I can tell you from like my career I know that there were times whenever I was uh at JUCO and then whenever I went to uh, the two universities that I went to like I was like terrified of getting even like getting sick you know what I mean like I our our JUCO coach was like if you miss practice you better be dying Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing and so that was my mindset like throughout the rest of my career and then especially like what you're saying you know like uh uh, your dad's your biggest critic, you know, my dad was always on me about whatever, but you know, I, I appreciate that from him and, and, and love him for it. Cause yeah. he, he, you know, he's taught me how to deal with adversity, but I definitely like feel like in my career, I kind of let those things weigh on me a little bit mm-hmm. too much. And it wasn't until later that I like figured out that it, you know, being sick for a weekend or being sick for a day, you know, or you know, injury is not going to just be like the end of everything, yeah. you know, and then also uh, that my identity wasn't fully like just I'm not just a baseball player. Yeah. You know? 
like I'm I'm also me and I also have my relationship with God and stuff and so I just feel like that those kind of things are are easy to talk about you know mm -hmm. like it's like oh yeah like I did my stuff I went through it but it is really like a, a sign to me yeah. of how seriously you take your work because it does beat a lot of people down and like not just baseball players but athletes in general any kind of minor setback because again like you have to be the top guy in your high school to get to college then you mm -hmm. got to be the top guy in your juco then you got to be the top guy at your four-year then you got to be the top guy in yeah. pro ball and it's like if you're constantly trying to strive for the top the more and more you get knocked down no matter if it's like no matter if it's something as simple as you know a cold or if it's something as like mentally challenging as you know like going over four in a game yeah it's like those are the times where you know, you feel like that you just got set back, you know, mm -hmm. miles. And so I think that's like a testament to, you know, your character and, and your personality throughout pro ball or pro ball to be able to like actually overcome those challenges. And, you know, your invite to big league camp is, you know, another testimony of just yeah. like the organization actually recognizing what kind of player you are. Yeah. Uh, I think says something about the Blue Jays too, because mm -hmm. they, they recognize their players and they recognize the work that they put in. So yeah. I think that that's pretty special. And I think that, cool. Like you said, the relationship with Christ, it's it's kind of really helped me to where, like you said, there's my purpose isn't baseball. My purpose is to be a good husband, a good father in the future, I guess a good dog dad, yeah. a good brother, <laughs> a good son, um, and a good baseball player at the end. Yeah. And uh, having that relationship, especially when I had like these tough times like this, I had surgery in 2020 on my elbow, which is probably the worst year to have surgery because now I'm stuck at home yeah, with my parents away from the team like <laughs> yeah. can't go out and i was just like everyone's like dude like why are you not like upset about this I'm like mm. yeah it's tough but like there's a plan you know like, yeah there's no reason to be bogged down about having surgery whenever i couldn't control it i did everything and i knew i did everything in my power to stay healthy because i was once again the last guy there doing my recovery stuff and mm. maybe it was too much but like i did what I thought I had to do, and like I can't, couldn't control that. Yeah, like there's a reason for why that happened. Because I mean, the year after that, my velo jumped. Yeah, the year after that, it jumped again. It was, it was a blessing. It, I mean, it was perfect timing too. Yeah, I mean, two weeks or a week after surgery, the season got canceled. I was like, what's there to be mad about? Everyone yeah. else is doing the same thing I am, sitting at home. Mm -hmm. So it's having that relationship and a purpose outside of baseball has been really helpful for me too because if i show up to camp and they're like yeah you're you're done like you're not what we thought you were i'm gonna come home to my wife and family and uh i'm gonna go into something else that's gonna make me happy too so yeah. it's it's not that i don't want to throw everything into baseball which i have but it's as soon as it's over i'm not gonna be depressed because it's over mm. and be happy it happened you know and it's i know i have other options afterward yeah and i just i feel like that's that's awesome by the way but i i feel like it's so much easier said than done yeah you know like it's uh i feel like that there were times in my career where i could have told you like a very similar story you know i could have said that you know whenever i'm done i'm done and mm -hmm. i feel i feel like i actually did get to that point yeah towards the end but um you know, it's and baseball is something that me and you have put our literally our entire lives yeah. in. And so it's like, 
you know, there's there's nothing more that we want in life than to make it to the top of yeah. something that we've worked so hard for. But I think that it's so cool that you talk about it so easily that like, well, the ultimate thing that we want to make it to the top end is what really matters. And that's our relationship with God. And that's what yeah. we're trying to strive for. And so I think that what really like changed the pattern that I was stuck in and my career was like literally learning just how to give it up. And because mm -hmm. I was like so mentally bought into the process and like I wanted to win so bad and like nobody was more competitive than yeah. me. And I'm not saying it's bad to be competitive at all. I think it gave me an edge on the yeah. field, you know. And I think it gave me an edge in the weight room. Like I definitely feel like that I was like the hardest worker out there. But whenever I just was finally like, you know what? Screw this dude. Like if I go oh for the last twenty ABs of my entire career, like that's just how it's gonna be. Yeah. And just like you, like I I was engaged at the time. I knew I was gonna marry Gracie. I knew that I was gonna have a family. I knew that like all this stuff was like lined up in my life. Mm -hmm. I knew that my priorities are straight. Mm -hmm. And then I swear to you that next at bat that I had, I remember saying this in the like on deck circle, the next at bat I had, I literally hit a home run. And I feel like that in my entire like being and body that I was like, oh, you could have been doing this the whole time. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I feel like that was like God telling me like, oh, you, you could have given this up to me like yeah. a year ago, two years ago. <laughs> And then I finally, like, it clicked, and I'm not resentful about that at all. You know, like, I think it was a life lesson that I needed to learn. It's, yeah. I think it's helped me out in my, you know, uh, in my business life now, where it's like, you know, I can't control what goes on here. I can't control, you know, all I can control is, like, how hard I work, the mm -hmm. effort that I put in, and the rest of it's up to him. So yeah. I think that that's, like, really cool that you've taken it throughout your entire career, and then especially at such a high level that you're at right now. Cause in my opinion, probably the higher level you get, the more and more that stuff can have a weight on you. Yeah. But 100%. it seems like that you have like your own outlet, your own way of handling these things. And it seems like it's really paying off for you. Yeah. And it's baseball, especially is one of those sports where uh, it can, it can snowball really fast. You yeah. can have one bad 100%. outing. And I had a stint this past year where I had three outings where it just was not good. Yeah. I started the year at like a, one ERA, about as high on the mountain as you could be. And yeah. then I had an outing where I went one and a third and gave up six earned runs. And then another one shortly after that where I went three K or five Ks in the first two innings and then gave up four runs in the third and got pulled. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? Yeah. You know? But it's like those things kind of snowballed. And finally I had a moment where I just sat down. I was like, all right quit thinking about it mm -hmm. just go play baseball go throw go have a good time and like the next game i had a solid outing the game after that i went complete game seven inning complete game and the game after that i had another solid outing and got called up yeah. it was like you just gotta step back as soon as that one bad thing happens it's gotta be in the past yeah has to and it's i feel like that's like another thing that you know is the difference between a, a pro player and somebody who's yeah. not or somebody who treats the game like a pro player does because yeah. being in here we get to work out with Jose Trevino and like I was thinking that that's I was talking to him about his career at Oral Roberts and he was saying that the number one thing he loved about being there was they literally called him into the office like a week or something like that it's his story but a week into getting there and the managers were like 
hey, what, where do you see yourself in five years? And mm -hmm. he's like, I see myself playing pro baseball. And as soon as they heard that, they're like, okay, well, you're going to be doing what a pro player does every single day. It's like you take care of your own business, you get your own lifts in, you get your own hitting in, you get your own fielding in. Like, obviously, they still do team stuff. Yeah. But um, I think that, you know, the ability to actually handle your job like a pro yeah. is, is completely different from especially this generation that's coming through baseball yeah. is like something that is needed to be learned by these younger these younger kids because I have to work with them you know every day is like the ability to be able to handle your stuff like a pro like yeah. the ability to realize that it is a gift that you get to play yeah, the game you're still. in there I mean I mean I take that to heart is like in the weight room like you no one's going to watch you 24-7, you know? There's only yeah. so many strength coaches out there. And as soon as they turn on your back, if you're the guy, like, especially in uh, middle school, it was, I mean, you were young and dumb in middle school, but, yeah. like, football would always have, like, ab workouts. Yeah. There's three coaches in there, and there are guys, as soon as the coach turns your back, dropping knees on plank, I'm like, yeah. yeah, but, like, I stayed up the whole time. I got five seconds better than you. Yeah. Like, why would you not do the extra stuff? Yeah, like, for sure. It, the only thing it's gonna do is benefit you. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the biggest line that I learned in school is like, why not do the more stuff? Is good, but you got to really know yourself. Like, if I go do these bear crawls with a sled attached to me and someone standing on my back, yeah, that's probably not the smartest thing. But if I go do an extra sled, normal sled, an extra squat, yeah, throw five more pounds on because I'm feeling good that day hold the plank for 10 more seconds yeah that's never gonna hurt you it's only yeah. gonna make you better so doing the extra stuff the extra rehab stuff the extra free throw stuff the stuff that's good for you you know is good for you makes you feel good makes your body feel good it's those things that make the i mean big leaguers in yeah. my, my mind so I, that's what i want to do is the stuff that nobody likes yeah that they're not gonna do so i'm gonna do it so i'm gonna get that uh that much better than you because yeah. i did it that's awesome that's something i i mean i can attest to that too because i see every day in the weight room it's like you're always you know itching for more it yeah. seems like at the end of the workout that you're like you know what's next what's next what's next and then by the end like me or evan have to say like oh there's nothing more <laughs> and you're still you know you're still there ready to go yeah and i think that you know hearing that from you seeing you actually live it day in and day out this off season, like, and then I know hardly anything about pitching whatsoever, but, you know, I do realize, like, the, the track man numbers. I do realize, mm -hmm. like, the velo numbers. And so, like, me being able to see you handle your business like that in the weight room and then, you know, last week being able to see your numbers and, like, actually physically watching you throw and just seeing, like, it seems like it's just effortless right now. Mm -hmm. It's like that's – that's the guy that was bought into the program from day one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like that you were, you didn't come in here. You didn't question anything. Like you knew the track record, you knew everything that you had to do. Mm. You trusted the process. You came in here, you handled your business like a pro athlete should. And now these numbers that are popping up on like these effortless, like almost touch and feel bullpens. Yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible to watch. Like, yeah. I think that it's, it's really cool. And it's a, again, a testimony to your character. And I think that this opportunity with big league camp that's coming up, like, I don't think that there should be any more like confidence in the entire world. Yeah. 
than what you have right now, you yeah. know, and it's, it's not because it's like it was given to you whatsoever. And it sounds like that literally none of this stuff, none of your accolades were given to you. Yeah. Like it's like, that's the best thing about my story. I think is like from freshman in high school to now, like I went practice squad to freshman team as a sophomore, working my way to varsity, didn't get any offers, junior college, the route, and then going to a small D one, and then finally having it all pay off on draft day. Yeah. And then you're in pro ball around these guys where you're like, I watched you on TV mm. last year. I, I know you're an all-star. Yeah. Even being here with Trevino, it's like, just like being around him, it's like you can learn so much. And yeah. that's the best thing about pro ball is being around guys like that where you can just absorb. Just You can just not say a word and just listen. Like, you get so much knowledge that way. Yeah, I feel like that all the good coaches that I played for in my life, they would always harp on, like, an atmosphere, right? And it was mm-hmm. like, I, I went to Hill Junior College, so, like, our, our biggest thing was McLennan because they were right down the street, yeah. and they're always really good. And so it was like, you can feel when McLennan's there before they even get there. Yeah. You know, the bus rolls up and the atmosphere changes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know that it's about to be, either you're about to get, like, the brakes, you know, blown in on you, <laughs> yeah. or you're about to put up, like, the craziest game of your life. Yeah. And... I think that it's like Jose brings that same presence up here is, you know, the atmosphere does change whenever yeah. he's around here. And, you know, uh, just like you, he's always asking for more. He's mm-hmm. always doing the extra rep. He's always doing the extra thing. And I think that, you know, him being an all-star, him being who he is, you would have no idea until yeah. you put him into a competitive yeah. state. And I feel like that that's like the same kind of story with you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, You'd have no idea that you were, you know, I've known you for however many weeks you've been here this offseason. I had no idea that you were a fourth-round draft pick. You know what I mean? I would have no idea that you were the person that you are until I see you in a competitive atmosphere. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this guy's something different. Okay, yeah. Jose's something different. You know, and that goes for, like, that goes for pretty much all of our pro guys in here. I feel like most of the, for the most part, yeah. uh, I feel like most of our pro guys in here really, you know, want to get after it. They really want to strive for more and they really do like soak in the learning they soak in the knowledge from jose they soak in knowledge from you they soak in knowledge from you know whoever they're with Mm -hmm. it's really cool to kind of see the atmosphere that we've developed here at dst around that bullpen right there you know it's like one guy's throwing and you know javi torres is throwing he's an 18 year old kid 19 year old kid whatever he is and you got 10 pitchers surrounding him and trevi catching him yeah and it's like this atmosphere, this learning environment is just pretty, pretty incredible because yeah, I haven't ever seen something part. like that. Yeah. So, like I said at the beginning, like the people here are the best. It's, I mean, the adage is iron sharpens iron, you know? Yeah. And like at Pro Bowl, that's all guys are. You got alphas around alphas. And yeah. like being here, you got the guys that are pushing each other. It's like, I, I mean, I guess a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, me and Cam deadlifted. Yeah. And then I heard later on Craig threw on a couple more pounds. Yeah, he did. Why, why didn't you do that much? And I was like, so this is what I wanted. I want someone in here. I don't want to yeah. be. It's a tough working out by yourself because it's like you don't have anyone to like. Everyone says don't compare yourself to others. I'm like, screw that. Like, yeah. compare yourself to everyone. That's yeah. the best way to know where you're at. Heck yeah. Like, if Craig's in there deadlifting 605 pounds, I want to I want to lift 606. I yeah. Don't, I don't want to be second place yeah if someone's on the leaderboard 
throwing 98 miles an hour, I'll throw 98.1. Mm. So it's like, it's comparing yourself to others to an extent to where it's not, oh, they're so good, and understanding the people you need to compare yourself to. I'm yeah, not going to compare sure. myself to Garrett Cole right now. Yeah. Like, maybe when I get to the big leagues, I can start looking at him and be like, all right, I need to be that guy. Yeah. But it's finding those people that are close to you and maybe a little above you that you can pass and then adjusting your your viewpoint and then find another person to pass. It's those little jumps, little little wins each each day that I yeah. think. And then it's like add up. It's just like on your team, wherever you, you know, go this spring, you know, you're gonna be competing every single day mm. versus your teammates, right? Yep. Well, as of right now, these are your teammates. Yeah. So why not compete against them? Exactly. Because in all reality, you know, I'm a coach, Evan's a coach, Trey's a coach, Mo's a coach, like all these people are coaches here that are taking care of you guys. And, you know, we're evaluating each and every single one of you every day. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's pretty cool to see the athletes that are the competitors that yeah. do want that and then the athletes that aren't. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. uh, and then shout out Cameron Foster, by the way, for the alpha <laughs> alpha call. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, just like – uh, a couple more questions here, but um, how do you feel like, last last personal question, how do you feel like uh, your wife has kind of helped you throughout this process as well? Because I know I went, I've gone through long distance our entire relationship mm. as well. I've talked to you a little bit about that, but the closest we ever lived to each other was five hours apart. And yeah. 12 hours apart for the most of our time. Um, now, you know, still actually married and still long distance so i still feel what you're saying um how do you feel like that you know your marriage is i know that it's new mm -hmm. and it, just as mine is but how do you feel like that her relationship with you and like how do you think that she's like encouraged you through this process how do you feel like that um y'all have handled this distance so far like all that yeah it's uh it's been really fun watching her evolve as a baseball fan yeah i mean when I first started dating in this is twenty sixteen. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Um she couldn't tell you the difference between first and third base. Yeah. She could barely <laughs> tell you the difference between a ball and a strike. Um she just knew you got three strikes and you're out. I mean, just like every person does. Yeah. Um, but it's been fun to watch her develop now. She's like I can sit there and talk to her about metrics on my fastball and she's like, Okay, that's not too bad. Then yeah. you had a pretty good bullpen. I'm like, Yeah, I did have a pretty good bullpen. And that's cool. uh so it's been fun to watch that, but she's my mom will hate to hear it, but my this wife now has developed in my number one fan easy. Yeah. Probably at I'd say Louis Antec, she kinda of became that, overtook my parents, and my parents are gonna hate to hear that, but yeah. it's true. <laughs> They're a close second, but like uh she's bought in <coughs> everything I do and it's probably hardest on her, because um, I get to go play baseball, play a child's game every day. Yeah. I could be around. Show up to the office on the field. Yeah, 30, 30 <laughs> of my best friends and play a game. And she's got to go to the office. She doesn't have anyone. I mean, our family's close, but no, like, friends from school are really close anymore. Everyone's kind of out doing their thing. So she's definitely got the hardest part of it, but she's keeps a great mindset about it and, like, is my number one supporter. And I couldn't ask for anything better as a wife. So yeah, it's awesome. It's, it seems uh, like that she's, you know, not only are you this uh, competitor mm -hmm. at a, a professional competitor, you know, it sounds like that she's, you know, 
whether she's always been like that or not, it seems like that she's molded into that role. And, yeah. you know, she's now being competitive about y'all's relationship, about y'all's yeah. marriage and about handling her situation. It sounds like she's showing up every day just like you do and yeah. taking care of her own business. And that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah, she's a she was a volleyball player in high school and she's probably as competitive as me when it comes to, I mean, board games, card yeah. games, whatever. Um, so it's kind of fun whenever kind of get families together and boy, it's, it sometimes turns into like a yelling match. Like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. Why do we do that? But like, it, it's fun. Like we get to, it's always, you always see these things on how to be a great husband, great wife, whatever, but it, to outserve each other, it's kind of been, it kind of helps being competitive. It's like, oh, she did the dishes. Well, all right, fine. I'm going to do the dishes tomorrow and I'm going to yeah. clean the house or whatever, whatever it is. And it's been fun to kind of, see our relationship grow over the last seven and a half years. Yeah, that's awesome. So last last question I wanted to ask was, what are you looking forward to most? I would say just like, who are you looking forward to most about like seeing it at big league camp, whether that's in the same organization or somewhere else, like, or who, who would be the number one guy you would want to face? You know, as soon as you get there, it could yeah. be Blue Jays, it could be whoever it is. It's you know, kind like, of been a joke in here, but it's, kind of serious i always talk about stepping up on the mound the first time on spring training game and aaron judge walks in yeah it's like yeah that's a joke but like it very well could happen It'd yeah be, i mean he's one of the best players in the world and it's like who better to see how your stuff plays yeah. and having jose catch it's awesome because you get big league feedback mm. but then getting that big league feedback with someone in the box is totally different so that would be I mean, whoever it is would be fun. What I, what I'm really looking forward to is seeing like who else is in draft camp with me. Like, I mean, you're obviously gonna have the whole 40 man roster, but like, yeah. who of my draft draft class? Like, I've been thinking about that today because I got to find a roommate. It's like, who else is there? You know? Yeah. Like, who else kind of has exciting. got the call? Yeah. So that's kind of the coolest part is like to see who else is getting noticed. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate everything that you've been talking about, and I appreciate your. Uh, faith to your marriage and to the game and and uh, most importantly to God and you know I thank you for talking to me today and continue to get your work in at DST each and every single day uh, you know I think that you're one of the elite competitors up here and definitely earned your spot in big league camp and we're excited to follow up with you again and see where you're at next year yeah I appreciate yeah. it I've had fun so far yes sir awesome pretty good thanks <laughs>